The following is a Dharma Family Service for April the 3rd, 2022. <laughs> Oh, God. 
Please join me in reading the threefold refuge. It's on page 10 in the book. Those of you on Zoom, the words will be on the screen. Difficult is it to receive a human form. Now we are living it. Difficult is it to hear the Dharma of the Buddha. Now we hear it. 
If we do not cross over to the truth in the present life, in what life shall we cross over? Let us with sincerity and true reverence take refuge in the three treasures of the truth. Please join me. I take refuge in the Buddha. May we together with all sentient beings awaken to the great way of enlightenment and to the unsurpassed intent of Amida Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. May we together with all sentient beings enter the storehouse of the Dharma, becoming like the wisdom ocean. I take refuge in the Sangha. May we together with all sentient beings become units in true accord in harmony with all things. The peerless, profound, and wondrous Dharma is rare to encounter, even in many hundreds and thousands of kalpas. Now we are privileged to hear and receive it. Let us thoroughly understand the true meaning of the Tathagata's teachings. ま、日本語は再読させていただきたいと思います。第3問。人人受け渡し今すでに行く。仏法聞き渡し今すでに聞く。好み根性に向かってどせずんばさらにいずれの章に向かってか好みをどせん。来週もろともに死神に参謀に帰えし立てまつるべし自ら仏に帰えし立てまつるまさに願わくば主生とともに大道を体芸して無常意を起こさん自ら法に帰えし立てまつるまさに願わくば主生とともに深く胸像に入りて知恵海のごとくならん自ら僧に帰えし立てまつるまさに願わくば主生とともに大衆を通りして一切無下ならん無常人人未明の方は百千万号にも愛用ことかたしわれ今剣門し呪辞することを得たり願わくは如来の真実義を下し立てまつらん。生んだ、生んだ、生んだ、生んだ、生んだ、生んだ、生んだ。Sensei will now give a Dharma school message. Great. Uh, thank you very much. It's good. It's nice to see everybody here today. Uh, not too many Dharma school kids today, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're on Zoom here. Uh, so it's nice to see everybody today. Uh, and, uh, and, and to be able to do the chanting together and just have everyone here together within the Hondo is just such a nice feeling. I actually got nervous. <laughs> uh, I still am that way. Uh, so uh, I, uh, I am very happy to uh, feel this way. So as we approach the spring season, uh, my son right now is in spring break and the, the flowers are starting to come out now. Uh, in Japan, um, uh, the, the sakura season is in, uh, is in full swing. Uh, and so I'm very uh, happy uh, in, in, during this time. Um, I, I don't know if you know where uh, 
uh, Tokyo in Kichijoji. I remember the park in uh, Kichijoji Park and also Ueno Koen. Ueno Park is also very famous for their sakura trees. And also around here too in the Union City area, there's a lot of people, I guess, uh, maybe perhaps it was because a lot of the people had, uh, Japanese families had nurseries here, um, the Hiramine family right here today, um, that, uh, you know, the, the sakura, there's a lot of sakura trees here. And so I know at Tom Kitayama Elementary, there's a lot of sakura trees there. So uh, it's very nice to uh, see that. So um, it's a very kind of uh, lively kind of time uh, uh, right now. So uh, in the midst of this background of this uh, lively time, <laughs> I don't mean to be a Debbie the Downer, but I would like to talk about something that happened in this past weekend, right? Something very kind of sugoi happened in the news in the uh, past weekend. And this was the whole incident that happened at the Oscars, you know? Uh, so I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit um, and, and put in my two cents here. Uh, I know that everybody and their mothers have uh, kind of chimed in on this issue, uh, but I want to uh, uh, speak a little bit about uh, this incident about, you know, uh, Will, uh, do you know, does everybody know this story? Great. If you don't, it's like you're living under a rock. <laughs> it's all over the news, everywhere, on YouTube, every other video is this. But it's about uh, the actor Will Smith who uh, slaps uh, uh, you know, uh, Chris Rock on live television. Uh, and so um, it's a very kind of, uh, uh, kind of a, uh, how shall I say, uh, <gasps> kind of gasping type of moment, right? And, uh, and everybody is kind of shocked in, in, in from this. And I'd um, like to kind of talk about this from a kind of Buddhist perspective today. Uh, so just to give you a little bit of a background, uh, these two, Will Smith and, and Chris Rock, are kind of like my heroes, right? I grew up watching these people. You know, uh, Will Smith had that whole sitcom, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then I watched him move over to the big screen, you know, with Independence Day. And so we were very happy, or I was very happy, you know, uh, that, you know, of Will Smith. And then, uh, and then there's Chris Rock, who's a very funny, very, very, uh, very smart, very witty comedian. Uh, and, uh, you know, I remember his one joke about, um, uh, he said that, you know, this country loves guns so much, right? Uh, but you know what we should do is, you know, everybody who has guns, just let them have their guns, right? But what we should do is charge $3,000 per bullet, right? And that'll solve this issue of, of the, the gun problem in America. And so he has, you know, just comments like that that are very witty. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, I grew up watching him and, and I really enjoyed uh, his entertainment. So to see this kind of situation happen is very uh, unfortunate, right? And it kind of left a real bad taste in my mouth. And I still, I don't know why, I have no care for this, the entertainment business or celebrity gossip or any of these things. But for some reason, I find myself watching what, you know, wanting to know what's going on with this situation. And uh, I, I don't know why that's the case, but uh, I guess, you know, um, I'm very interested of, of, of what uh, is happening. Uh, and so what is the Buddhist kind of take on this uh, situation? Or what is one possible Buddhist interpretation of this situation? And I'd like to talk about that a little bit uh, today. I think the first and foremost one is the Buddhist principle of ahimsa. Do you guys know what ahimsa is? Have you ever heard of ahimsa? It's a Sanskrit term for non-violence, okay? So it's more, it's a very like no-brainer. It's, uh, uh, it's uh, you know, just, uh, it's, it goes without saying, but I think it just needs to be reiterated that the Buddhist principle of non-violence, ahimsa, is very uh, important, right? Uh, and um, using violence means that we have given up on finding a peaceful solution, I think. 
I don't know if you know who Honen Shonin is, but our founder of our school, Jodo Shinshu, is Shindan Shonin, right here, here on the very immediate right of, of the Amida Buddha. And his teacher, Honen Shonin, is actually on the very left scroll, okay? He's on the very bottom, okay? But Honen Shonin uh, is uh, the teacher of Shindan Shonin. And when Honen Shonin was a little boy, um, his father was murdered by another samurai person, okay? Uh, and assassinated, essentially. And, um, and Honen Shonin witnesses this assassination taking place, his father being um, uh, murdered. And so uh, when he's, uh, you know, uh, at, at his kind of last moments, the father tells Honen, don't avenge my death, okay? Don't avenge my death. Seek the Buddhist path, right? Uh, and so he says, don't avenge my death because uh, if you avenge my death, then uh, the person that you killed's son will come after you, right? And then your son will go after that person, and the cycle will continue and continue, and the, the cycle of violence will continue on forever. And so the only thing that stops this cycle of violence is compassion, okay? Or is uh, love, what we call compassion in Buddhism. And this is a universal truth, as the Buddha Shakyamuni points out to us, okay? So compassion is the only thing that stops this cycle of violence, okay? So uh, Chris Rock, uh, um, another point that I want to make is that uh, he did not escalate the situation by getting in a physical altercation with Will Smith, right? If he had done that, can you imagine if Chris Rock fought back, right, or with physical violence, right? The entire night, I think, would have been ruined, right? I think they wouldn't have been able to continue on the show. They would not have been able to recover. But because he did not fight back, he was able to somehow turn it around and continue on with the night, right? And so, um, you know, uh, if he had not done that, all of the people getting the awards would not have been able to get their awards, right, and be recognized for their accomplishments. It was because of what Chris Rock did not do that saved the show. Right? And his professionalism, I think, allowed him to roll with the punch and move on. Right? How many people do you know can do this? I don't think I could do this. I think I would either run away or <laughs> I would come back and try to fight or do something. I don't know. But I don't think I would have been able to do this. So I think Chris Rock's response is an appropriate response in the eyes of Buddhism. I think he took into account everyone else at the show. Uh, which is what Buddhism kind of teaches us to do, right? It is uh, uh, that this, this idea that cooler heads prevail, uh, which is what happened. So, you know, I'm not saying necessarily that, you know, everything that Chris Rock did was correct, uh, but his response from a Buddhist perspective uh, is something that would reflect Buddhist values, I believe, uh, especially the part about not physically fighting back, right, um, in the interest of looking out for the other people uh, in that room, right? So um, I heard that he even apologized to his colleagues. Like, uh, for example, this one other person, Wanda Sykes, right? He apologized to her because he said, I'm sorry that you guys put in all this work in, in getting this show together and that you hosted this show, but I ruined it, right? And so she said, you know, why are you, why are you apologizing to me, right? But I think that that's, the, that's a very Buddhist kind of mentality to uh, think about. Uh, uh, to look in places where other people are not looking. I think this is a very kind of Buddhist way of looking at things, okay? So I, you know, I, I really hate that I'm acting like, you know, I, I'm 
my opinion matters or that, you know, that, uh, you know, I talk as if I know these people firsthand, you know, I don't, and my opinion does not matter, right, but I'm just kind of giving you one kind of possible outlook on Buddhism uh, and what it's uh, saying about this issue. The other thing that we as Buddhists do not do is say that the Buddha prompted us to act in such and such a way, okay. The Buddha does not make us do anything, okay. We are responsible for our own actions. And this comes from the principle of karma, okay, from karma. There is free will in karma, uh, and we have to make the decision of all of our actions for ourselves. That might sound like a really cool thing, right, to say, you know, and it's, it might sound like I'm choto kakotsuketeru, you know, and like uh, say something nice, you know, oh yeah, we're responsible for our own actions, right? But in fact, you know, I say this with great hesitation because what I'm saying is actually pretty strict. The, the rule, the principle of karma is very cutthroat in a way. Um, you cannot walk your, talk your way out of karma. If something happens, it happened because of the previous causes and conditions, right? Uh, the, the principle of causality is a Buddhist principle. So you can't wish it to change, you can't pray for it to change, right? What happens, happens, right? and this is karma, okay? And so what Buddhism teaches us is that we should be careful of our actions. We are responsible for our actions 100%. We cannot blame our actions on other people or on some deity saying that some deity told me to do this, okay? We do not say those things in Buddhism. The Buddha does not tell us to do something, okay? I'm reminded of, I saw Spider-Man with my son the other day, and you know, there's that famous saying in Spider-Man where the, the Ji-chan dies, or I don't know if it's the Ji-chan or it's the uncle or someone, right? And he says, with, power, with great power comes great responsibility, right? With great power comes great responsibility. And I think Buddhism is 100% in agreement with this statement, right? Um, but it's not that each superhero has their own power. Every person has the power, right? Your actions have power. Your speech have power. Your thoughts has power, okay? And that's why we have to take responsibility for these, uh, these things. So we have to be mindful of how we interact with others and how we act towards them, okay? Um, I, I'm often guilty of that though. I often act out of egocentricity, uh, but this is what Buddhism teaches me not to forget. One last point uh, that I wanna think, say is that uh, it's obvious that uh, Will Smith is undergoing a, a number of issues that he's dealing with. So this means that um, when you see him act out you know, against Chris Rock, you know, that the anger uh, is the result of a chain of events, right, leading up to that. And we, what we call that, that chain of events in Buddhism is causes and conditions. The Japanese term is inneng, okay, inneng. I can recall of a recent problematic political leader of this country who said many heinous things and who did many awful things while in power. But I read somewhere that in his childhood, although he was very financially well off, that um, he was not loved by his parents, right? He was not cared for, uh, especially his father, who was this business tycoon, real estate tycoon, right? Uh, did not show any affection or uh, kind of uh, attention towards him. And as a result, he grew up to be kind of a person who does not care about other people, a vitriolic person, right? So is it the person who carries out the awful actions or is it his upbringing, right, that are at fault here? Well, I think the person committing the actions should be held uh, responsible for his, his or her actions. 
However, we as the people outside of this person and as Buddhists should not be so quick to judge that person as a bad person or an evil person. Why? Because <clears throat> there's always more to the story than just what we see, right? It's kind of like seeing an iceberg, you know, uh, that's, coming, that's coming out of the water, right? We see a little tiny iceberg, the tip of the iceberg, right? But below the surface of the water, there's this huge, you know, the rest of the body of the iceberg, right? And I think that's the same way when we look at each other. When we look at each other, what we are seeing is the cover of a book, right? But there's so many, there's so much more. There's so much more layers that we don't see, right? That we're, what we're presented with, right? And so um, that is something that we have to kind of keep in mind, I think, as Buddhists, that when we look at each other, each person has a long history of karmic actions, karmic things that have occurred until this point, right? So we cannot be so quick to judge that person as you are bad, you are evil, uh, because we, we simply don't know the full situation right, of the story. So I'd like to conclude by kind of pointing out the points that I've talked about today. The first one is ahimsa, okay? No violence, non-violence is a Buddhist principle. The second one is compassion brings the end to suffering, okay? Uh, so at maybe some other time we'll talk about uh, whose compassion this is, but for now, um, it's compassion brings the end to suffering, okay? That's another Buddhist principle. Another one is taking into account the people around you, right? Taking into account the people around you. Another one is the, the quote from Spider-Man, uh, with great power comes great responsibility, right? And this is based on the principle of karma, principle of karma. And then finally, the last one, there's always more to someone than just what is presented to us, so we cannot be quick to judge others. And this is based on the principle of causes and conditions, on the principle of inneng. Okay. And with that, I would like to close today's uh, Dharma School message. Thank you very much. Please join me in Gasho. Namo Amida Buts. Namo Amida Buts. Namo Amida Buts. So I will uh, jump into the uh, adult message. Um, uh, okay. So uh, I'd like to read to you the following uh, paragraph that, I, that uh, attempts to answer the question, why does Jodo Shinshu matter, okay? Why does Jodo Shinshu uh, matter? So uh, Jodo Shinshu, uh, this is something I wrote, so I, I'm going to quote it. I should have put it up on the thing, but uh, sorry about that. But Jodo Shinshu is a teaching that shares a worldview that sees all humanity embraced by the universal truth of clarity and warmth. Can you imagine having to walk through a dense forest in the long cold night without a torch to light the way and with no jacket for warmth, right? We all have been meandering in the thick and daunting wilderness for how long, right? But now we have encountered this true and profound teaching. We have been shown this source of strength because others came before us to pass the torch of warmth and light to help us see the way and walk in joy, hope, and confidence. As we embark on our journey, Let's help pass on this teaching to others in following generations, which will help them find their unique paths walking in the same light and warmth." End quote. OK, 
case. So this is something that uh, I wrote um, uh, when I, when someone asked me to write something about uh, why Jodo Shinshu Buddhism matters, okay? Why does Jodo Shinshu Buddhism matter? And I'd like to talk a little bit about this today. Uh, why does Jodo Shinshu Buddhism matter? It matters because this religion changes our worldview from one of me, 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 me to me, 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 me. Wait a minute. Is that is it all about me, right? And that 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 shift, that slight shift, is groundbreaking. It is such a small crack in the ego self, but it's enough to allow the light of the Buddha's wisdom to seep through. Okay, and the Buddha's light makes us then say, maybe there's more to this world than just my ego self and my ego desires, right? And that's what this teaching gets us to do. It may seem like such a small difference. So small that the, def that the difference may seem negligible at first. But that's all it takes. That's all it takes to get us to see the world in a completely different way from before, right? But don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, if you come to temple for about a year that you'll somehow become enlightened, ah, right? Or that uh, you will find a way to find calm in the face of, you know, danger or anger all the time, right? This is how Buddhists are often stereotyped, right? Uh, but quite the contrary, you know, actually we will be our regular Joshmo selves. But the difference is that we are aware of who we truly are and that we are accepting of ourselves, which in turn gets us to accept others around us as well. And this is made possible because the Buddha Dharma teaches us that we are okay just as we are. I like to focus on this phrase, we are okay just as we are, because I have a specific intent in using this word, but I think sometimes it gets misunderstood what this means. We are okay just as we are. Uh, in Japanese, this phrase is sonomama uh, or arinomama, right? Which means as is. And this implies then that in Jodo Shinshu, there is no bar that we have to meet in order to be accepted into the pure land or there is no bar that we have to meet in order to be considered a good Buddhist, you know, whatever that means, you know, anyway. Or that we must strive to become better people uh, in order to prove that we are worthy of being saved. No, that's not what this religion is about. This religion teaches us that we are fine just the way that we are with all of our good points and strengths, but also with all of our bad points and weaknesses. This religion teaches us that our spiritual lives is not a competition. It's not, you know, uh, one where we have to strive for excellence or that we have to move up in the ranks of spiritual superiority, right? That might be how this, this world works or the, the workforce works or how the, the mundane world, world, secular world works, but not the spiritual world. True religion is about awakening to the understanding that truth is right here with us right now, right? Embracing us, supporting us, protecting us, cherishing us, us. Truth grasps us. We do not grasp truth. Truth grasps us. We do not grasp truth, okay? We don't reach for it like we're reaching to get some kind of promotion in our occupation or reaching to make more money so that we can buy the house up in the hills, right? Instead, truth reaches for us, grasping us, embracing us, right? It's simply a matter of us awakening to this truth. But the problem is that this is very difficult. It's very difficult because as I mentioned, 
this understanding is very counterintuitive to what we're normally taught, what we're normally used to, right? We're used to hearing things like, you should strive for excellence. You, you should strive to be a better person than you were before, right? Uh, you should strive to be a better person than what you are right now, right? This is what we are used to hearing. We're conditioned to, to hear this from, an early, uh, from early on in our lives, right? Uh, and, and these values are good to have to a certain extent, but, uh, you know, because they teach us about hard work and, and striving for excellence, right? But it shouldn't apply to all aspects of our lives. It shouldn't apply to the spiritual aspect of our lives because the spiritual life is about awakening to truth that is this light of, uh, of warmth, right? That accepts us as we are. So in Jodo Shinshu instead, the mindset is, you should try your best, but it is okay if you fall. It is okay if you make it, it is okay if you don't, right? You are fine just the way you are. I'd like to give you an example that kind of explains this. Imagine having two sons, okay? And imagine one son is like this uh, very good, studious student, uh, always follows the directions, uh, good at school, grows up to be very hardworking, very successful in his, in his occupation, right? But uh, that person doesn't have too many social skills, doesn't have too many friends, right? Kind of lives a little bit of a life of loneliness or life of solitude, right? And imagine, you have another child who is just the opposite. He was growing up a uh, bad student, always getting into trouble, a little rascal, if you will, right? This is, a, uh, I'm, I'm speaking from experience from my brother and I. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I won't tell you which one is which. But anyway, uh, my brother, uh, <laughs> there's, there's this kid who's a bad kid, right? But he grows up to be uh, this very kind of uh, fun-loving person uh, and cares about other people because he knows what it's like to hurt people when he was a little kid, right? So now he grows up, we call it in Japanese, marukunaru, marukunaru, right? Very, uh, it means um, uh, very caring and, and very friendly towards and warm towards other people, right? And so imagine these two different kids, right? But imagine yourself as the parent. Which one do you choose over the other? I hope the answer is, I hope the answer is neither, right? Because both of them you love as they are, whether they're good parts and they're bad parts, right? Both of them are equally loved by you, right? And this is the same way in the eyes of the Buddha if we, uh, if we uh, use the Buddha as if it was our parent, okay? The Buddha loves all or has compassion and embraces all sentient beings equally without giving preference to one or the other, okay? So in this religion, you can live a full life, right? Whether that length was 600 years, 60 years, six years long, or six minutes long. In every case, the individual has lived a full life in the eyes of the Buddha. No life is in vain, right? All lives are embraced by truth. That's what this religion teaches. That's why this religion matters. So when we say we are okay just as we are, we're not saying that you should just give up being a person of excellence and then you should just accept your fate and just accept your present state of conditions, right? We're not saying that. That's a misunderstanding of what we're trying to say. We're actually saying quite the opposite. We are saying that the Buddha Dharma provides us with a teaching that gives us spiritual strength and hope. 
that we are okay just as we are because we have been given a teaching that allows us to live freely and uniquely in this world. What more can you want? When we are grounded in the Buddha Dharma and we can freely be ourselves without any worry that comes after this life, where we can live here and now to the fullest of our ability, that's the life that I want, right? That's the way that I want to see this world, right? The, this worldview that I want, right? How about you? Would you like to see that too? What else do you want in this life? Do you want happiness or peace or maybe harmony? Would the explanation that I gave just now match your definition of what happiness, peace, and harmony looks like? So earlier I mentioned that this religion changes our worldview from one of me, 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 me to me, me, me. Wait a minute. Is it all just about me? Right? It's such a small crack in the ego shell, but it's enough to allow the Buddha's light to seep through. I hope you can remember this imagery because it's a very kind of powerful imagery. And the onembutsu then, namo amida butsu, becomes this rock that tries to chip away at this ego shell that we have. All it takes is just a little crack, the little bit of light that seeps through. Okay. And once that happens, we awaken to this whole new way of looking at this world. We realize how just, just how deep our egocentricity runs. Because of this, we are humbled in, in this nourishing kind of self-reflection. Right? And we treat ourselves and others in a more sympathetic way and understanding way. Most of all, we see ourselves as beings who are embraced in the world of light and warmth. So today, I'd like to welcome uh, you or re-welcome you to this religious tradition that provides us with the worldview that centers on the world of clarity and warmth. Okay. And with that, I'd like to close today. Please join me in Gashou. Namo Amida Namo Amida Namo Amida Thank you, Sensei. I would like uh, to share this reading with you. At the bottom of the abyss comes the voice of salvation. The black moment is the moment when the real message of transformation is going to come. At the darkest moment comes the light. Those are words from Joseph Campbell. よろしくお願いします。両家出願諸々の造業雑種自力の心を振り捨てて一心に阿弥陀如来我らが今度の一大事のご承恩助け総来と頼み申して総老頼む一年の時 王城一条御助け事情と存じこの上の正明は御恩奉者と存じ喜び申し候老この恩断り聴聞申し訳候老こと御解散承認御出世の御恩
次第相乗の禅知識の朝からざるご関係のご恩とありがたく存じ候この上は定めを課せられる恩をきて一合限り守り申すべく候なまんだなまんだなまんだすなまんだす皆さんおはようございます、えー、早速ですけれども、えー、今日から、えー、ご解散親鸞聖人が教えられたことを、えー、元にして、えー、書物にされたものこれ「歎異抄」という本があるんですけれども「歎異抄」という本を、えー、少しずつ、えー、これから紹介していきたいと思います。忠実に文字通りに沿っていきませんけれども、まあ、部分ごとに分けてそのポイントをもとにして今日の法話を進め,進めていきたいと思います今日紹介させていただきたいところは以下の通りですけれども、まあ、これを読ませていただきます「三田の西岸不思議に助け参らせて往生は」すみません。三田の西岸不思議に助け参らせて往生おばとぐるなりと信じて念仏妄算思い立つ心の起こる時すなわち摂取不者の利悪に預けしめたもなりと書いておりますこれは第1条の冒頭に出てくる文章ですでこれを現代語に訳しますとこのようになります阿弥陀仏の誓願の思いも及ばぬお計らいに救われて往生を遂げさせていただくことであると信じて念仏を申そうと思い立つ心が起こる時即座に阿弥陀仏は大悲の光明の中に納め取りたまい決して見捨てぬという救いの利益これは仏教では利益というんですけれども利益に預からせてくださいますというふうに現代語訳があります。えー、皆さんはどうですかね、えー、これを初めて、えー、聞くと、えー、ピンとこないのではないですかね、えー、単二章の、えー、始まりは、えー、このような難しい、えー、お言葉で、えー、始まり、続けてすぐに内容に入っていきます。しかし、よく、えー味,わいえー、味わいますと、この短い文章の中に、浄土真宗の教えの要が、えー、込められているということも理解できます。ですから新内商人がおかけになったあの長い教養新書、教養新書という長い書物があるんですけれども、それを全部読み切るよりも、この文章一つで浄土真宗の教えとは何かがパッと分かりますね。少なくともこの教えがどこを問題としているかが分かります。つまり、私たちの救いの道が問題となっていることが分かるのですね。ですからこれがどういうことなのかを掘り下げていく出発点がここだということですまさにこの第一条がこの書物の冒頭に現れる理由が分かります救いの道と先ほど申しましたが我々にはなぜ救い,の救いがいるのかなぜこれが必要なのかということがまずそもそも問題になりますねでこれについて少し触れたいと思いますこの救いの言葉が、えー、今日の人たちにとって非常に聞きづらい言葉、えー、だと思います特にアメリカの場合は
この救いの言葉は引っかかるのですね。これを英語に訳しますとですね、to be saved というふうに書くんですね。to be saved。ですから、仏様あるいは神様から救われていくということになります。しかし仏教に関心を持たれた方々から、仏教は救われる教えではないのではないか。という意見をよく聞きますね。これは自分の実力で自分の心の中にある煩悩それを消滅していく道ではないですかな,なんで救いの道なのかなんで救いという言葉が使われるのかっていうふうに疑問を感じるわけなんですね自分の悟りは自分の実力あるいは自分の修行によって獲得するものだと思っておられるのですでこれはもちろん仏教に関して間違った理解ではないのですけれども、まあ、浄土教以外の仏教のほとんどは修行によって煩悩を消していく、召していく、そして涅槃に至るという教えが、えー、どちらかというと通,通常なんですね。しかし、浄土教または浄土真宗によりますと、この修行の道は僧侶たちが中心となった教えなのですね。大変厳しい、難しい修行ができる僧侶の方々は、その方法で悟りを開くことは可能か,らかもしれませんけれども、まあ、私たちみたいに、まあ、仕事を持ちあるいは家庭を持つ一般の人たちにとってこれはとても、えー、難しい通りにくい道なのですシャクソンがお,たおときになった教えは一切主張が含まれる真実の世界ですからその人た,人たちがどうにかならないのかとなってシャクソンが阿弥陀如来様のお念仏の教えというものがあるとお時になられたのですですからお念仏を通して毎日忙しく働かねばならない私たち煩悩が満ちている凡夫のために救いの道が開かれたわけです阿弥陀如来様の御働きによって凡夫が涅槃に至ることができるのですつまり苦しみのない世界これをお浄土というんですけれどもお浄土に往生することは阿弥陀如来様のお慈悲お慈悲のおかげでそれが可能となるわけですこの教えをそのまま受け止めていくことが真実の信心でありこれが現れることによって自分の心から自然にお念仏が出てくるわけですこれはあのいい例かどうか分かりませんけれどもあの近くにあるあのベイブリッジってありますよねブレイブリッジは、えー、このオークランド市とサンフランシスコ市をつなぐ、えー、東西に走る橋ですでこの橋が、えー、あることによって人たちが簡単に海を渡れますねでこの海かどうか分かんないですけど湾をね湾を、えー、港を港ハリー世代<笑>まあ、渡る要するにあの水を渡ることができるんですねでこの橋が、えー、なかったら、えー、ものすごい遠回りを、えー、しないといけないですね昔でしたらもう船で渡るしかな,なかったんですねしかし今日のベイ,ベイブリッジで簡単に渡れることができます橋を作った人たちのおかげで私たちは簡単に行ったり帰ったりできますこのように救いの道といったえー、橋を作っていただいたのは阿弥陀如来様の御働きですねでそして私たちはそれがあるので簡単に向こうに渡れることができるわけですその橋がなければ自分の力で渡る
となると非常に困難になるのですねすごい遠回りをするか自分で海を越えていくしかないのですねほとんどの人たちにとってこれは非常に難しいことだと思いますまたこの橋をベイブリッジと名乗るようにお念仏を救いの道と呼ぶのですねでこの橋と出会う中で私たちはああこれで安心して渡れること,がことができるんだ渡れるんだなと思うことができますこれがその救いの道に対する信頼でありつまり信心となるのですねでそしてそこからお念仏の声が私たちの心の奥から、えー、口をついて出るのです最近、えー、気候が過ご,し過ごしやすくなりましたサンフランシスコ市を遠くから、えー、見たら行きたくなりますねその憧れを持っていつか行きたいという気持ちが湧いてきますそれと同じようにお浄土の話を聞きますとやはりお浄土に行きたくなるわけなんです苦しみのない世界ご縁のある人たちとまた再会する会える世界一切の生きとし生けるものが抱かれている世界にいつか行きたいと思います、ね、この憧れを持ってお念仏をこれからも申していきたいと思います。えー、皆さん、本日はようこそのお参りでございました。短い,短い法話でしたけれども、えー、ここで、えー、日本語の法話を終わらせていただきたいと思います。ありがとうございました。最後にお念仏を、えー、お菓子をお願いいたします。ナモアミダブツ。ナモアミダブツ。ナモアミダブツ。ナモアミダブツ。ナモアミダブツ。